It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Bill Hemmer. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Juan Williams, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, September 29th, 2022. I'm John Saucier. There's nothing new about wartime sabotage of critical infrastructure, but what about when it happens in areas outside the theater of war? Some suspect that Russia has intentionally caused leaks in pipelines that supply energy resources to Europe. The Russians have a special doctrine called strategic operation to defeat critical infrastructure of the adversary. In fact, they have thought exactly about a situation that we're experiencing right now with Nord Stream 2 and Nord Stream 1. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. As we speak, there is gas leaking into the Baltic Sea, and it's coming from multiple parts of a Nord Stream pipeline, which runs supplies to Europe. Almost in concert with these leaks, explosions detected right before they happened. Was this chaos caused by Russia to put more pressure on Europe's energy resources going into what's expected to be a difficult winter? The Russians have a special doctrine called strategic operation to defeat critical infrastructure of the adversary. Today, we're speaking with Rebecca Koffler, who's president of Doctrine and Strategy Consulting, a Fox News contributor. She also is author of a very interesting new book, Putin's Playbook, Russia's Seeker Plan to Defeat America. In fact, they have thought exactly about a situation that we're experiencing right now with Nord Stream 2 and Nord Stream 1, both of which are leaking and uh, NATO condemned as a deliberate and reckless act of sabotage. Uh, Putin's uh, propagandist, Dmitry Peskov, dismissed it, uh, saying that it's an act of state-sponsored terrorism. But guess what? I'm writing an op-ed that will be published very soon about top five reasons why Russia is the very state that is likely the one that's orchestrated this dangerous, heinous act. Okay, so what I want to know is what does Russia stand to gain by sabotaging, sabotaging these pipelines here? Is it just about driving up energy prices or is there much more at stake? There's much more at stake. Well, first, this is Putin doubling down on his strategic signaling, the warning that he delivered last week to us, where he said that uh, in order to defend uh, Russian territory, Russia will use all sorts of destructive means that was interpreted as a nuclear strike. Um, And coupled with the fact that Putin will be announcing formally tomorrow at 3 p.m. Moscow time, the annexation of the four regions of Ukraine uh, that Russia has recognized or is going to recognize tomorrow as Russian. So he is signaling that if someone, meaning the U.S., NATO, Ukraine, were to attack these territories, he will resort to these types of disastrous 
methods. And this is the first step. So what he uh, stands to gain from it, it's intimidate. He's trying to intimidate us. Um, but he's not losing anything because remember, in terms of revenue, at least, because remember, John, the pipelines, the Nordstrom 2 never even became operational because Germany did not issue a license. Nordstrom 1, the Russians shut down back in July. And so in terms of revenue, he's getting the revenue from China and other deals such as like Taliban. There's uh, the power of Siberia, $55 billion uh, joint Russia-China pipeline. So in terms of the revenue, he's not standing to lose anything. Yeah, very interesting that you say Putin actually said out loud he was planning on doing this and that Western powers, including the United States, interpreted that as a veiled threat of nuclear weapons use. I remember that at the time. So if Putin is telling us what he's going to do, then going ahead and doing it, it doesn't seem like NATO is doing much about it. Is NATO slow to react? Are they failing to react? How are you looking at things on the Western side of this? Oh, absolutely. It is a terrible disaster, uh, NATO's policy. I personally, as you know, I'm a former DIA intelligence officer. I briefed scores and scores of U.S. and allied uh, national security officials, DIA director, CIA director, the White House national security staff, combatant commands. I personally briefed NATO military commanders and uh, ministers in 2013 in the run-up of Russia's annexation of Crimea. Putin never made it a secret. In fact, Putin tells us everything that he's going to do. It's just a matter of us listening to him. And instead of taking my analysis seriously, uh, John Saucier, I was given all kinds of excuses. You know, the usual, oh, Russia is a uh, gas station masquerading as a country. Oh, Russia's GDP is the size of Italy. And therefore, Putin is not going to do what he actually told us he was going to do. So NATO does not pay attention. And this is why we're on the brink of a nuclear disaster right now, because Washington uh, establishment has been sleeping at the wheel. Rebecca Koffler is president of Doctrine and Strategy Consulting and Fox News contributor. She's got information about a possibly sabotage energy pipeline that's leaking out into the Baltic Sea and also believes that when Russia's Vladimir Putin talks about nuclear weapons, he means it. We have more coming up next. Some things jumped out at me in your recent take there, and obviously the word nuclear is a big one of them. We've seen veiled threats throughout this war of Putin talking about uh, the use of nuclear weapons with his annexation or expected annexation of these four Ukrainian areas that he's going to claim as Russia. Does that ramp up the threat of Putin using nuclear weapons? 100%. Here are the five reasons why Putin is prepared to cross the nuclear threshold. First, he feels cornered. His behavioral and risk tolerance profile suggests that he is capable of taking drastic actions in Ukraine to reverse the momentum on the battlefield that Ukraine is gaining right now. Unlike some of the previous Russian leaders, such as uh, Leonid Brezhnev, remember the uh, the bushy eyebrowed uh, guy? Right. He actually trembled when he was asked to push a button in a hypothetical war. Scenario 
Bolsonaro with the United States during a 1972 command post exercise. Uh, he kept asking, oh, is that definitely an exercise? We know this from the debriefings of the general staff officers. Now, Putin is not like that. He practiced it several times. He's life experiences, including being attacked by a rat when he was chased into a corner as a youth, have taught him that uh, he must fight uh, and not give up. And in fact, one of the quotes that uh, we have from one of his biographies um, is, I just understood that if you want to win, then you have to fight to the finish. That's Putin. He probably thinks this is his last and decisive battle because um, we hear all of these, you know, uh, rhetoric from both Washington and uh, Brussels that he's a war criminal. Uh, one of the things that he fears the most, John, is to end up like Iraq Saddam Hussein or Libya's Muammar Gaddafi, both of which, um, you know, both of whom died, right, um, and um, at the hands of their own people. And those two events left a profound psychological scar on, on Putin. It's an existential issue for him. He is totally capable and he's getting ready to trigger this doctrine. They have a whole doctrine that underpins this entire uh, escalate to de-escalate nuclear, um, nuclear scenario that we are possibly going to be in. Using that same argument, if Putin doesn't want to end up like Gaddafi or Saddam Hussein or any of these other world leaders who obviously were defeated and history doesn't look back on them so nicely, he must realize that the use of nuclear weapons is a really good way for him to wind up like that. So he, uh, here's how he thinks, John. Um, uh, Putin does not think like an American. He thinks like a Russian. The uh, Russian General Staff, which is the organization that does long-term intelligence forecasting and develops military strategy, concluded that um, a war between the United States and Russia is inevitable. And they have been figuring out on how to bypass the uh conventional superiority of the U.S. and NATO forces. And one of the things that they have come up with is a low-yield nuclear warfare. They believe that we have low tolerance for this type of warfare because former President Obama initiated this program of Global Zero, trying to zero out U.S. nuclear arsenal. Um, and the second thing that happened after President, uh, former President Trump, who actually did understand uh, the Russian doctrine and Putin's will to use nuclear weapons, he authorized the development of the low yield nuclear warhead for us, for our forces. But President Biden canceled that program. So we have right now a disadvantage. Russia holds a 10 to 1 ratio advantage over the U.S. in tactical nuclear weapons, with the U.S. having 200, the Russians having 2,000. This is exactly why uh, Putin believes that we are not going to respond and we're not going to respond um, 
with nuclear strike, especially. So you think that Putin thinks he could get away with using even a low-grade nuclear weapon and the United States can't do anything about it anyways? Because I was thinking to myself through in this whole war that if nuclear weapons enter the battlefield, that's probably going to drag other countries into this, maybe even the United States. But you think otherwise. It's not what I think. I'm telling you how Putin's think, you know, having studied his thinking and the uh, Russian doctrine and strategy, uh, we have information that lays out how uh, Putin's military strategists think. And again, this is an algorithm driven forecasting, right? They have determined that the U.S. is a high risk actor. For example, this is the same type of uh, methodology that our insurance companies use, um, you know, when they designate 25 year olds as high risk and their insurance is very high because they're more likely to get into the accident. So the Russians have watched how we operate in the past, you know, uh, two decades and how we fought in um, Iraq, Afghanistan, Kosovo was the very first one that they paid attention to. And they have uh, looked at our programs and what type of weaponry we put um, our uh, finances into. And the same kind of algorithm they determine because we are very, very sensitive to casualties, right? Every single uh, operation, military operation that we engage in, if there's, God forbid, civilian casualties, um, CNN, you know, and others are screaming about it. So because of that, they have concluded there will be no response. Wow, really interesting stuff. Rebecca Koffler, and you can learn more about this in her book that she put out, Putin's Playbook, Russia's Secret Plan to Defeat America. She goes a little more in depth on this. It's, you know, it's big stuff. It's alarming stuff. But I think it's most certainly stuff that everyone needs to know. Rebecca, thank you so much for your time and for joining us here on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, John. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.